Hello, this is Opa. I'm going to read to you from All Creatures Great and Small. I'm on chapter 17 uh, by uh, the books by James Harriet, printed by St. Martin's Press in copyright 1972. And uh, I am back in Alabama to record this. You might hear uh, a Carolina wren or some other birds outside, so this will be fun. Chapter 17. When I came in, Miss Harbottle was sitting, head bowed, over the empty cash box. She looked bereaved. It was a new shiny black box with the words Petty Cash printed on top in white letters. Inside was a red box with the incomings and outgoings recorded in neat columns. But there was no money. Miss Harpottle's sturdy shoulders sagged. She listlessly took up the red book between finger and thumb, and a lonely sixpence rolled from between his pages and tinkled into the box. He's been at it again, she whispered. A stealthy footstep sounded in the passage. Mr. Farnan, she called out, and to me, it's really absurd the way the man always tries to slink past the door. Siegfried shuffled in. He was carrying a stomach tube and pump, calcium bottles bulged from his po- jacket pockets, and a bloodless castrator dangled from the other hand. <clears throat> he smiled cheerfully, but I could see that he was uncomfortable, not only because of the load he carried, but because of his poor tactical position. Miss Harpottle had arranged her desk across the corner diagonally opposite the door, and he had to walk across a long stretch of carpet to reach her. From her point of view, it was strategically perfect. From her corner, she could see every inch of the big room into the passage when the door was open and out onto the front street from the window on her left. Nothing escaped her. It was a position of power. Siegfried looked down at the square figure behind the desk. Good morning, Mrs. Hardbot- Miss Hardbottle. Can I do anything for you? The gray eyes glinted behind the gold-rimmed spectacles. You can indeed, Mr. Farnan. You can explain why you have once more emptied my petty cash box. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had to rush through to Broughton last night, and I found myself a bit short. There was really nowhere else to turn to. But, Mr. Farnan, in the two months I have been here, we must have been over this a dozen times. What is the good of my trying to keep an accurate record of the money in the practice if you keep stealing it and spending it? Well... I suppose I've got into the habit in the old pint pot days. It wasn't a bad system, really. It wasn't a system at all. It was anarchy. You cannot run a business that way. But I've told you this so many times that each time you promised to alter your ways. I feel almost at my wit's end. Oh, never mind, Miss Harbottle. Get some more out to the bank and put it in your box. That'll put it right. Siegfried gathered up the loose coils of the stomach tube from the floor and turned to go. But Miss Harbottle cleared her throat warningly. <clears throat> there are two other matters. Will you please try to keep your other promise to enter your visits in the book every day and to price them as you do so? Nearly a week has gone by since you wrote anything in. How can I possibly get the bills out on the first of the month? This is most important, but how do you expect me to do it when you impede me like this? Yes, yes, I'm sorry, but I have a string of calls waiting. I really must go. He was halfway across the floor, and the tube was uncoiling itself again when he heard the ominous throat clearing behind him. And one more thing, Mr. Farnan. I still can't decipher your writing. These medical terms are difficult enough, so please take a little care and don't scribble. Very well, Mrs. Harbottle. Miss Harbottle, he quickened his pace through the door and into the passage where, it seemed, was safety and peace. He was clattering thankfully over the tiles when the familiar rumbling reached him. She could project that sound a surprising distance by giving it a little bit of extra pressure, and it was a summons which he had which had to be obeyed. 
I could hear him wearily putting the tube and pump on the floor. The calcium bottles must have been digging into his ribs because I heard them go down too. He presented himself again against, before the desk. Miss Harbato wagged a finger at him. While I have been here, while I have you here, I'd like to mention another point which troubles me. Look at this daybook. You see all these slips sticking out of the pages. They are all queries. There must be scores of them. And I am at the standstill until you clear them for me. When I ask you, you never have the time. Can you go over them with me now? Her Siegfried backed away hurriedly. No, no, not just now. And I said, as I said, I have some urgent calls waiting. I'm very sorry, but it will have to come to be some other time. First chance I get, I'll come in and see you. He felt the door behind him, and with a last glance at the massive, disapproving figure behind the desk, he turned and fled. I love you.